Hey everybody, sorry this episode is dropping late. I got a little busy with my day-to-day grind, and also, my god, what a week. For those of you listening to this in the future, this is the first week of October in 2017. The bloodiest massacre in American history that doesn't include Native Americans or slaves or anything just happened. I, I think I'm in the same boat as a lot of people listening, and that I'm not even sure how to conceptualize this. I'm not how to conceptualize that it keeps happening. Uh, I don't know how to conceptualize the fact that when I saw the headline, I also scrolled past it because this has basically become a new normal. Anyway, if there's ever a time where we need a little bit of good to help us get through an absolute mountain of shit, now would be it. As always, I just want to remind people the message of this show is not to ignore all the bad shit. Uh, Please never ignore that. Keep that in mind and try to work in whatever way you can to make it better. But sometimes we just need to hear about something that doesn't make you think about your own impending mortality whenever you leave the house. So hopefully that's that. If you guys like the podcast, please rate, share, review, subscribe, and... I'll come to you after a word from another podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Hey! Do you like teen dramas? Do you like teens? Do you like watching TV shows? If you do, you might like watching The O.C. So give it a try and you can listen to us in podcast form on the Bro C. We talk about flip phones. We talk about tube tops. We talk about things from the early 2000s. We talk about people smooching other people. Ooh, and great, great music. Yep. So hey, listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud here on the Nerdist School Network. Woo. Hey, listeners, I'm happy to be back in the booth. It's been a while since I've been back here. A lot has happened in my life. My brother got married. I've had about seven episodes drop. Things have been cool in the world of Alex. Got the cats, who, if you follow me on Instagram, you might just know about. They're idiots. One of them lost a tooth yesterday, and that was the most horrifying thing. I did not know that cats were supposed to lose baby teeth, so that was awful. There's blood everywhere. But even though things have been cool in my world, things have been a little rough in the the real world. Puerto Rico is still slammed from hurricanes. They desperately need aid, and they are not getting it from our president, who is way too focused about football. Football players willing to take a knee are getting death threats. And just in general, racial tensions are, uh, I'd say, at a smoky bear level of danger for a forest fire. Um, But in a world where there's a lot of things that seem pretty wrong. At least there's animation. Hey guys, I'm here with my good friend Dylan Farr, and we're going to chat about animation for a while. So introduce yourself real quick who you are, and then I want to know like what animation means to you in life. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my name is Dylan. I know Alex through a Dungeons & Dragons game that we play on Monday, and I my friend also participates in a sketch show uh, every Saturday. Every, every Saturday, once a month, every Saturday. So I've actually seen Alex perform well before I actually knew him in person. Uh, I am a stand-up comedian in Los Angeles. I grew up in, mostly on the East Coast, went to school in Chicago, and moved out to Los Angeles after I graduated. Uh, I studied animation in Chicago, 
and now I don't do it in any capacity other than a hobby. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess I sort of realized pretty late into college that I didn't want to be an animator, but I did really like the art form as like a medium. Animators are the weirdest fucking people in the world. I don't like to stereotype or anything like that, but I think, you know... No, but please do. <laughs> comedians have like a personality. Actors have like a personality. Uh, animators, man, I do not know. It's, I think it's because... It's a type of activity that that uh, draws in uh, introverted kinds of people because you sort of need to lock you like there's a lot of just hours spent redrawing the same fucking picture that almost looks identical over and over and over again. Why did you want to do animation though in the first place? I mean, I think most people like cartoons, but I I think I got into like I mean everyone else sort of did like with websites like Albino Black Sheep or Newgrounds like crazy weird funny animations. I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I just want to figure out how to do that. Then besides, I, there was no monetary, like, expectation. I also really like, like, uh, like comics and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I, went, I figured animation was, like, maybe a more uh, uh, difficult version of, a, <laughs> of a, like, a comic, like a multi-paneled comic. Calvin and Hobbes was one of my favorite comics. I... I uh, only read Calvin and Hobbes for literally years. It was the only book I would read. Really? Yeah, I had like a big stack of them to the point I knew which ones had more text in them than others. And depending on like what kind of mood I was in, if I just wanted to look at pictures like Homicidal Psycho Jungle Cat, or if I wanted something a little more text heavy, like the Attack of the Deranged Killer Monster Snow Goons, like that, it was in a brutal obsession <laughs> with it. That's like, that's sommelier level of knowledge. <laughs> How did you parlay a love of animation into stand-up. Once I realized, oh, I don't want to be an animator, why did I do this? Ah, well, I like visual storytelling. Maybe it was a lie I was telling myself, but I definitely believe it now. Yeah. I like act-outs. I like weird gestures and stuff like that. So maybe it's a less sophisticated kind of comedy, but it is definitely... I think that's... I, I started thinking about how, how have I made people laugh in the past, and I think it's from me being sort of... I think I'm a very animated person when I speak or talk, like a sort of gesture... Uh, and I, th- I try to communicate that on stage. Well, that awesome. Podcast is the perfect medium for yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, really? This is going <laughs> to help out. People are going to really get to see yeah. uh, you at your best. Mm-hmm. When you're like having a bad time, though, because you were saying like for a while, you're like, well, I don't want to do animation anymore. I don't want to like make movies anymore. Like, is it? Is animation a thing that you run to to like sort of balm to? Like, oh, to yeah. relax. Right. Uh, when I'm feeling down, I don't usually watch. But I don't usually watch anything. I don't like cartoons right. or film or anything like that. It's I, I I find it hard to engage with because I like to be like really active when uh-huh. I'm watching something. And so when I can't be, that sort of stresses me out. Or like even stand up. Like I don't like je- if I if I'm watching a special, I don't like looking away from it because I think you can get a lot from like facial expressions, uh, just basic looks around a room. How much someone. I think the best example for me was Maria Bamford who was someone, I listened to her albums first before uh-huh. I saw what she looked like, and I thought she was fucking hilarious. Like, her album, uh, Ask Me About My New God, was probably still one of my favorites. And then I saw what she was like on stage, and it like just brought her comedy to just a whole other level. It's like, you're still getting the voices and the jokes, but seeing her actually performing and that weirdness, it, it's just, it really elevates it. Just walking around, doing other shit, you can miss very subtle Expressions and I thought ah, that drives me crazy. I, I don't like it. Well, has and, anybody and, ever pointed out that that's like an animator's perspective? No, <laughs> I just thought that was uh, 
the right perspective. <laughs> right. So it was an animator's perspective, but now it's an egotist's yeah, perspective. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, you're like you're focused on like every minute detail, just like I don't know, a Hanna Barbera cartoon, right? Like each facial micro expression is something that you're picking up on, you know? Like, you don't feel like that that's something that people usually look for? They might not know that they're doing it, you know, but like the fact that you're cognizant I feel like I use that word cognizant wrong. I think I mean conscious. No, you cogniz- I think cognizant is like you're paying attention to it. Like you're, I know what you mean. You're conscious of that in kind of like a a conscious. You're conscious of it in a conscious way, not a subconscious way. Like yeah, of course we're all focusing on like eyebrow raises and movements, but that's not a thing that we that I think the average person knows that they're doing. But the fact that you're seeing it and you're like, oh, that's cool how he's like turning his head there and like lifting his hand and like doing this specific movement is like, oh, well, yeah, you have a trained animator's eye, even if you didn't finish your major. And that's pretty dope. Oh, I did. I did. Finish oh, you it. did finish your yeah, major? Yeah, I did yeah. graduate with an animation degree. And okay. I was like, woo, I'm just, I don't know, throw it in the fucking pile of things that don't use. Yeah. <laughs> what, give me three things that are also on the pile of three things, things you don't use. I mean, I guess, oh God, why did I, why did I say that? <laughs> I learned some magic tricks growing up. Don't use that. Okay. I was just like, yeah. just throw that in the pile. Magic tricks was something I was really interested in for a little while. And then, well, which is apparently a thing like comics and stand-ups, it happens frequently that they'll do magic when they're younger. And, and going to tra- stand-up. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I mean, stand- no, I mean magicians are funny. I'm not Yeah. Kidding. It makes perfect sense. It also makes sense as an animator because magic. So I did a little magic in right after college. I sold magic toys at Toys R Us and FAO Shorts before the, they closed. Mm-hmm. And I am a terrible magician, but like I'm a good mover. So I was able to like make the toys look good. Um, but it's magic is like you can break it down to a frame by frame thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It ju- and it feels like magic and animation share a very similar skill set it's just one is on the page with drawings and one is with your body and like it's where you're making the attention go but it's frame by frame you're changing things and like changing focus and that that makes good sense to me it's also a universal thing like you can bring in a magician from japan they will blow your mind but they don't need to speak a word right like penn and teller there's i mean one of them talks but Mm -hmm. Magicians can be silent, and it can connect to anybody. Um, magic is a lie. It's an illusion. Animation is a lie. It's an illusion. You're creating the illusion of movement when it's actually just a series of still images just moving super fast. I don't know. We like to be tricked, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think there is a novelty to, to experiencing something that you didn't expect. So it sounds like, I mean, more than just animation, because, yeah, we started the conversation about animation, but it sounds like the whole narrative of, like, surprise gets you off, you know? Yeah, no, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're involved in, like, a lot of narrative shit. Like, you're a stand-up, you do D&D, which, like, I play with you. Like, that has a big element of surprise whenever it's going to be fun, you know? Like, we almost got eaten by a giant clam on Monday, <laughs> yeah. and, like, we didn't see that coming. It was yeah. like, oh, okay, now we just fight another monster just like the monster we already fought. Like, that's boring as shit, but, like... Mm-hmm. Every time there's that narrative turn, it's like, oh, fuck, shit just got real. Yeah, that's you know? the best. Why is that good? Like, why is the fact that we live in a world where people love to be surprised, maybe like teased or even lied to in that way? Why is that a great world to live in? I, I think it keeps you engaged with the world. It's the idea that you are trying to make sense of what's in front of you and you're trying to understand. You're, you're participating in real life. 
which is why you can be surprised because you didn't know it was coming. Whereas yeah. I think people who aren't surprised or like, it's when you're not surprised because you're bored. I think it's not because you're not you're not participating back or because you're so many steps ahead, which or that you think you're so many steps ahead. It, I think it's an I think it's an active decision to disengage from what's in front of you and to remain engaged. And I think that's why I'm. It's actually pretty easy to make me laugh a lot of the time. I enjoy a lot of stand up because I'll play into whatever narrative the person is giving me on stage. And same animation is like, I, I'll just forgo any inhibition or any like assumptions I have about that animation. I just, I, I like being tricked. I like being surprised. I like, I find that entertainment like really fulfilling. And so, yeah, I, I think that is a very good thing. I think it speaks to human nature or something. Yeah. yeah no, that like sense? that makes perfect sense. Cause like I, when I haven't, felt that in a while right like that's when you kind of start to get slogged down like you get depressed like the same jokes like that you've heard ten thousand times before like yeah it's gonna be a shitty day at least we got coffee right (laughs) it's like oh my god just shoot me you know like maybe i laughed maybe it was a little funnier like you know maybe i was just being polite but like when you're genuinely surprised the more often you're genuinely surprised like the better your life is Mm -hmm. and animation is really great it's a great tool for that but like so is stand-ups magic is an awesome tool for that right to like genuinely shock and surprise you i don't know i might change the title of this to at least there's surprise <laughs> we'll see <laughs> no i think yeah. that's great yeah um, at least there's surprise at least there's surprise yeah ah, gotcha <laughs> no, <laughs> no no <laughs> i will say bad kind of surprise like military Coups, not good surprise. No, those aren't, like, but they keep you on your toes. Yeah, definitely keep, but you have to, yeah, you have to be aware yeah. of things. Like, yeah, so violent surprises, not good surprise. No, those aren't uh, good surprises. I, but I think there is, <laughs> there is good art surprises, <laughs> just to be yeah. clear. Art, right, art is a great way to surprise you without a threat of death. Yes, um, yeah. so I think that's perfect. Well, maybe that's why we like that kind of thing, because, like, I mean, we grew up in worlds where we, not you and I, although I, you know, you grew up in Pennsylvania. I don't know mm, if there are tigers there. Yeah. But like <laughs> we, as humans evolved in worlds where like, you're going to get surprised. And so it's nice when the thing jumping out at you is you're like, I don't know, your tribe's mate with his dick out instead <laughs> of like a lion. That's pretty great. Right. Yeah. There's, it's not a bear. It's just your friends like doing a, doing Fucking a bit. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm allowed to curse, right? Yeah, of course, you. you're allowed. To okay, curse. I wasn't yeah. sure. You are allowed to. At least there's this. And yeah. The guy says fuck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> at least there's fucking fucking. At least there's this. <laughs> um, my yeah no. The only family members who listen to it are my cool uncle and my dad. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, so it's fine. Yeah, Uncle Tim, I called you cool. Pat <laughs> yourself on the back while you're driving. There you go there. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, like the surprise when I haven't been surprised in a good way in a long time. I'm like, man, well, life sucks now. Mm-hmm. The places I'm most happy are the places where one I am constantly surprised, but then also like you start to allow the normal things to surprise you. I'm not just talking about hallucinogenic drugs, but that definitely <laughs> that was has like that, that sounds like where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> not, we're talking about mushrooms right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if you do mushrooms. I haven't. I yeah. always wanted to. I can't now definitely with the medication I'm on, but it was something that I was sincerely interested in. Yeah. <laughs> it makes everything surprising. In yeah. like that same way we're like, huh, that so that's what a tree looks like. <laughs> that's surprising. That is something that is in a lot of media, but animation 
nails because it has so much freedom mm -hmm. to surprise you. Like, I am not a huge anime fan, but, like, I've got the things that I like, you know? And I'm surprised because you really like kung fu and stuff I like do that. really like kung fu. I guess it's, like, I love kung fu movies. Yeah. So I tend to watch, like, things from, like, the diasporic Chinese countries instead Damn. of from Japan. But, like, mm -hmm. and that's usually live action, you know? Right, like, right. wire work kung fu or whatever. But uh, I do like specific animes and like mm -hmm. i got really into naruto last year for a really? little bit yeah. yeah i mean the first like arc of naruto is like really good i think they're trying to get that guy to the bridge or whatever yeah yeah right it's a, a really good it's like one of those things when you have long-running animes that are typically like shit on it's like this the reason they're long-running is because they started fucking good and then you just have to like cut out a whole bunch of like yeah. shaft to get the wii and there will yeah. be some cool shit but like they can just there is a way to always be surprised with it like mm -hmm. Oh, you know this character is gonna die, but like they probably won't die because you like this character. What's gonna happen? And you feel so cheated when like, oh, okay, the the hero comes and saves them. That sucks. But you, it feels great when like a surprising thing happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, the, this character ascends, and isn't that surprising and great and fulfilling? Or like, this person was actually a good guy the whole time. That's like, I didn't know that was gonna happen, and I I'm engaged now. I mean, Game of Thrones is I think a great example of something where it's it. Character deaths are such a huge... Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I watch Game yeah, of Thrones. Like, We've it, talked about this, because you liked the seventh season, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were about it, and I wasn't. Oh, you didn't like it at all? It seemed like when we were talking about it, it was like, ah, it was whatever. It was whatever. I wasn't yeah. like, I'm never watching Game of Thrones again. Oh, yeah, no, it, yeah. Wasn't new, it wasn't nearly as good as the rest of... Just like, I guess, a brief aside. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was nearly as good as the rest of the show, more or less. Although, I think season five was very bad. I think it dragged... It's Which was season five? It's uh, very forgettable. It's where I think it's when Arya first shows up at that place with the. Oh yeah, men. that took so long. Yeah, too. Was, we knew what was happening. Right, right. Like there, it, there, was, there was no was surprise. No surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. It was. Yeah, it really dragged it. So that season, I found so frustrating that this one, where it was just fucking at like light speed. I'm like, it's. It was basically the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine with that. I I was. I, I thought that was easier to watch. It, it, I think I read somewhere an article where it's like Game of Thrones had sort of become a CW show. Like, yeah. That's not totally inaccurate, but I, so I would say the show definitely was way stronger in those first three, four seasons. And even though it's in a different place now, um, I was like, whatever. I didn't, yeah. It's not it, season five. So yeah, yeah. It was not that. And it, yeah, I wouldn't say there's, there hasn't been a whole lot of, surprise in this season i think yeah a lot of the time where they thought they were one step ahead was like no we all kind of saw that kind yeah, we've been there for yeah. like a season and a half yeah exactly yeah. like undead dragon like we all know like, you didn't know that that's where you were going yeah exactly yeah. and so i think that is but i will still say when that dragon blasted down the wall i was like what the fuck that was cool <laughs> yeah. that because that's like a visual surprise yeah. Cause even though like yeah we know it's something's gonna happen like mm -hmm. the wall has been a thing that is there mm -hmm. for seven seasons yeah and now for it to come crumbling down is like yeah no I'm affected this yeah. is surprising yeah it blew that shit away it yeah was, yeah so I think there yeah there are definitely good qualities to uh, that I I do agree this season was not super strong right so this is not a podcast about Game of Thrones we don't need to talk about it <laughs> uh, guys this is talking Thrones with talking Alex and Thrones <laughs> how did we get onto Game of Thrones oh we're talking about surprise surprise yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. Like, and yeah, physical media, uh, physicality or physical comedy really relying on that. Right. And okay, you know. what I might actually have an answer, and I'm disappointed in my own answer for me, but what is the best surprise? Let's keep it to animation. Mm -hmm. 
can you on your toes think what is the best surprise in animation you've ever I, seen? I, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about that once we got on it. I'm like, yeah. I'm probably going to need to think of something like this. Uh, one in particular that killed me in a cartoon was I always, I loved Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I've always liked shows where the characters don't like each other. I think because of my experience growing up where yeah. the people I made friends with were often just my bullies. <laughs> I, I, I hated Rocket Power for that reason. Because they all loved each other. They, except for Squid. They oh. shit on Squid. And you felt like Squid? I was very much Squid. And I'm like, Squid hates you guys. You know that, right? And there's right. one episode where he makes a video game that makes fun of all of them. And they get really upset. And he has to apologize. I'm like, fuck that. Don't These, make your victim apologize right? for fighting back. Yeah. No, they were so shitty to him all the time. <sighs> yeah, they were. Yeah. Why would they... Why would somebody make that but i don't know my you know my favorite episode of rocket power is what it's when otto breaks his leg <laughs> that is my favorite episode because <laughs> he, deser- he, he deserves it he's yeah. a piece of shit the whole time oh my god if uh, people hated california growing up rocket power would be to a blame. reason yeah so grim adventures of billy and mandy was a show i liked a lot because they all didn't like each other uh i mean there's an episode that opens with grim and mandy playing a video game and billy like opens some trunk that he's not supposed to gets like violently sucked into a portal they look and continue playing the game. Like, there is such a, like, whatever. And they save him at the end. They just show up and drag him out of whatever horrible realm he's been trapped in. But it, there's, yeah, this, like, apathy to one another that that was surprising in and of itself. But there, okay, I, okay, there was a moment. It was the episode where Billy is afraid of clowns. I'm pretty sure it's this one. And uh, at the end, like, he meets with his inner frat boy who's like, you know, if you're afraid of something, you just gotta, you gotta destroy it. You gotta beat the shit out of it. And I'm like, whoa. And he grabs Grimm's scythe and he holds it up in the air and he does some, like, weird battle cry and then it zooms in on his mouth and then all his teeth shake and do their own little battle cry. And it was, like, the funniest. I, it blew my mind how funny that was. I, I didn't, it didn't make any sense. I, I couldn't, no. I think that was, that was definitely... A moment, like a very, I've never, like even my mom thought it was funny. She didn't like the show, yeah, because <laughs> it it really pushed that absurd. It had, a, yeah, it had a physical part of it. It was auditory. It actually wasn't even a line of dialogue. It was just this outrageous action. I think that's why I like Jim Carrey a lot growing up. Just like, outrageous, yeah. yeah. God, that's so great. Now that I like had mine, but there, that one is like wholesome. There. Animation is so good for that. The one I was thinking of, I don't like Family Guy, and mm-hmm. I, I just never have because I don't really like mm-hmm. his sense of humor. Like, mm-hmm. lots of people do. I'm not going to, you know, I don't need to defend me not liking yeah, the, one right. of the most popular shows in the world. Mm-hmm. But there's one episode where there's, it's like, you know, it's one of those annoying flashbacks, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, but it's, it goes to, like, Hiroshima in the 1940s <laughs> or something, and there's a Japanese guy, and he's, like, going about his day, and then you hear a whistling in the sky, and he, he looks at him, and he goes, oh, no. <laughs> and then a monkey falls on him and starts beating the shit out of him, because you're, like, expecting, oh, like, the, he's being awful, and this is when the bomb happens, which yeah. is one of the most atrocious things that ever happened in human history, but instead it's just, like, a monkey falls on his back and beats the dude up. <laughs> and, like, that's a surprise, and that was great. I, like, I loved it. Yeah, um, I think... No. Yeah, no, Finn, do, you do. Well, I think that's why Family Guy succeeds so much as a cartoon, like, like world. I, I don't know if it's worldwide, at least in the United States and maybe in Europe. Uh, but because, yeah, it's, it is built on a non-sequitur kind of, you cannot anticipate what's going to happen because it is truly nonsense. There's, it's not related. Uh, that reminds me of this one horrible time this happened. Even him, Even Peter saying that, 
you have no idea what that's going to cut away to, which I think is a weakness in the show where it doesn't make it particularly thought provoking, but I think it's a strength where it's like, why it's so widely, why so broadly appealing. It's super relatable to people across spectrum, which is yeah. something that animation is great for. I was, I was talking with my friends last night about Rick and Morty because we get together, like we got together and watched Game of Thrones and now mm. we get together and we watch Rick and, oh, nice. we watch Rick and Morty because Game of Thrones is off. But I was talking to my one friend, um, it was Matt who I, episode just dropped as of now, although I don't know when yours is going to be released, but uh, he did the uh, Frasier episode, and then my friend Tyler, and Matt and I were both saying, like, yeah, we love Rick and Morty, but maybe feel a little weird, because, like, it's got such a wide appeal. Like, I had loved it, because I thought I like this thing that, like, doesn't really resonate with other people, Mm -hmm. but it turns out it's a massive show that tons of people love. And my friend Tyler was like, well, who cares? It's great. I like it because it's good. I don't need it to be like a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that animation is good for. Like, yeah, good anim- Like, I want something to be niche and like respond to me particularly. But like a good animated show is going to resonate with a lot of people. Even Aqua Teen Hunger Force is this thing you're like, no, just me <laughs> and my weird friends like it. But like you run into people who you would never talk to, like, you run into someone at a gas station in, like, rural Ohio, and they've got a Meatwad bumper sticker on their pickup truck. And it's like, okay, so that's universal. Weird, you know? Like, people who like Insane Clown Posse might also love that. Same with people who like uh, Vampire Weekend might also like it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think there there is a really weird quality to animated shows like that that are so wide. I'm not sure if it's the absurdity of it. I think it... I think animate. Well, I think all media can draw you in for different reasons. Maybe it's because you like an actor. Maybe it's because you like the aesthetic. And maybe there's something about cartoons. Uh, this is something I don't even know the answer to. Maybe there's something about cartoons that can really hook someone just because of the way it looks. And that's something for me, like, it can really push me away if I don't like the way something's animated. And I'm like, I can't. It's just, like, unwatchable. And that was actually a big problem with Aqua Teen Hunger Force for me for a while. I was like, I'm like, this show looks so fucking ugly. I can't, but I, in retrospect, now I've seen episodes like this show's hilarious. And Rick and Morty is a show that looks really good. It's really well animated uh, and is constantly surprising from physical gags to Rick's vicious apathy and like aggressiveness to like everyone around him. There's so much to go. It can have that Family Guy-esque non sequitur uh, comedy but it's still it but not sec, not non sequitur but like surprise like thing happens yeah uh, yeah like people can get crushed by like a spaceship just like but, right but, yeah but, that yeah. wasn't supposed to happen yeah, yeah. exactly like, like that what no and right. like, that is what happened and then that is what continues to happen and i back to surprise like i love that i love when something happens like you know like getting slapped across the face like wake up yeah. you were wrong you thought blank couldn't happen and it could Fuck you for thinking that. And like, thank you. You're right. I was wrong. Thank you for doing that to me. You know, that's why like I love a place where any place where you're surprised is life affirming because it completely changes your perspective on on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really impressed with myself that I haven't talked about Burning Man once in this podcast. We even talked about doing True. hallucinogens <laughs> and I haven't talked, but like that's, I mean, say what you will about it and like a lot of cultural appropriation and like white dudes running around in native American war bonnets and all that bullshit. But like, Mm -hmm. it's a place where you're constantly surprised and that's super life affirming. I just love 
anywhere where you're like, no, you were wrong. This could have happened any time in life. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think there's something really nice to that. And I think that's that's why I like comedy. I think that's why I like visual storytelling. I think it's a, being able to see that reaction, which you don't always get on stage, but you hear it. You hear people making someone laugh is so fulfilling for me, which is why I don't get how someone can be an asshole. Like, it's so beyond me. Because it is it is an active decision to behave that way. And I'm like, what kind of joy are you getting? Like, if you're not, I don't know, I, for me, it's like, if you're not, Point. If you're not surprising other people, if you're not engaging with other people in a way that that you like, it's like the treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. I, I like it. I like laughing. I like to be surprised. If, I mean, there's prob there's probably some fucking psychological word that we, we just don't know. <laughs> to yeah, describe I it. know. I'll I, ask. I'll ask Russell the science. Yeah, yeah. Because he's uh, a uh, psychology oh that yeah that's perfect he probably knows what that actual sensation it should be russell if you're listening to this episode right now just like text me and (laughs) i'll forward it to dylan no that'd be great i would love that i'd really love to know um i might just google it when this yeah that's fine (laughs) yeah uh so yeah i not because i think that is so important to me and i think it's important to other people maybe they don't necessarily recognize it it's something that i want to give back to other people i want to do that for someone else like i love laughing I think it's such a fulfilling experience. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who doesn't like yeah. laughing. Like it's, <laughs> I hate to yeah. laugh. Fuck. Yeah, no, that's just, yeah, that's so beyond me. Um, yeah. Fuck, well, that that was a fucking fun conversation, man. I think we should wrap up so you should do plugs, right? Oh. Or if there's, before that, is there anything you want to, like, maybe some last thoughts about the things we've talked about? Uh, I guess what we've been talking about, I mean, this did... I was trying so hard not to derail off of animation because I do really love animation. Yeah. It's very important to me. But once comedy gets involved, I'm like down this rabbit hole of right. like, why comedy is important. Uh, and I think, I guess maybe wrapping up, like closing thoughts, I think I think for me it's like really important to figure out what what is like what is the most fulfilling experience for you and then how you can give that back i think sometimes for a lot of authors reading is such a such a big thing for them and so they also write to do that i, I think uh, being able to figure out what gives you joy because you're not alone in that kind of experience you know with with something like so broadly appealing like rick and morty is there are a lot of people that are very nihilistic but like it in a funny way and and being able to engage with that i think um Whatever the fuck the surprise thing is, whatever that word is, <laughs> I think there no it's something to I think it's people like to be awake and engaged and there's some I think there's like a bit of optimism in that that people want to be participating in our life and and that is a way to remind to keep people like doing that. I, yeah. Um, I do it through comedy. I think you can do it through drama. I think you can do it like through tons of different mediums. And I, I don't. I like to, I. It's fun. To be a nihilist, it's fun to be a pessimist, and I and you know I'm, I have a very I think in a lot of ways I have a bleak perspective on the future or my even my like the fu- like what can be accomplished in a lifetime, but realistically in my day to day I'd much rather be an optimist. There's no no harm in it. I'm not you know, to a degree. You know, um, yeah, sure. Give or take, and so I, I I like to believe that people want want to stay engaged with their real life. They don't want to just roll over. I think our political climate right now is definitely an example of people, a lot of people being very frustrated with rolling over and 
wanting to engage. And even from the opposition, it's a thing where people are like, I want to push back. It's bad, not good, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it is still people trying, like they're doing anything at all. I don't know. No, I, I, I follow you completely. Dylan, where can people find you? Because people should find you on yeah. the internet. And in low, no, you shouldn't find him in life. Find me in real life. Unless I'll give you three book. locations, and I'm there only if uh, you can find me. Well, boy band, I'm now a part of boy band, which is a comedy show at the Improv Space in Westwood at ten o'clock uh, on Thursdays, which is a shit for brains time to come out to a comedy show. It is a very good comedy show. If you've got a Friday off, I would highly recommend coming out. It's a very fun time. Uh, we usually front load. The comedian, like a lot of like the hosts perform, we usually front load our the the booked spots in the beginning because people leave over the course of a show that goes from ten till like eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I also run a very dumb Instagram. It's they're like minute long videos of a. It's called Not a News Show, and it's not a news show. It's like if the Daily Show was bad, <laughs> and it, 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 they're very short. I think it's something that's fun to look at. There's a lot of surprise in it. Okay. It's that it's it, it's. Watch it. <laughs> All right, guys, watch it. Not a news show uh, and uh, boy band, and that's a the it's around UCLA. Yep, at UCLA. Yep. Is there any internet presence for that too, so people can know where to find it? Uh, yeah, they both have in- UCLA. Uh, boy band and not a news show both have Instagrams. Boy band also has a Facebook page. People, thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate you guys tuning in for my conversations with people who I want you to listen to. Thank you for letting me. Uh, letting me tell you who you should listen to for 30 minutes out of your day. If you like the show, share it, subscribe it, rate it, seriously review it. That means so much. I know every time anybody asks anybody to rate a podcast, I always say, fuck you. (laughs) Uh, I'm never going to do that, but it actually means so much. Now I'm on a big podcast rating kick. So please, if you can, if you're... I don't know, getting surgery done on your ankle or something, you need something to distract you, write me a review. It might not be the best time for someone to write you a review. They might be in a bad mood. Uh, just m- maybe, they- yeah, you're right. Don't <laughs> do that. If you're if you're getting surgery done on your ankle, please don't write me a review for my podcast. Thank you, guys, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.